You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode. Hope for a troubled world um, is the hopelessness of our current world. Um, You don't need very much reminding of that, do we? Uh, Who has the solutions? God's message of hope then through Lord Jesus Christ, who we uh, are going to say is the one who will solve the world's problems uh, and how we can be part of it. So to start off with then, uh, you, some of you may have seen some of these slides before. Um, I went on to uh, BBC last night and just took a few more of these pictures. Um, so we're seeing some of the terrible things that are happening in the world um, just to kind of remind ourselves, I suppose, if we needed reminding at all, um, how terrible uh, mankind has actually made our world and our earth. Uh, We can think of things like Ukraine and the war going on there. Uh, And of course, wars all over the globe. That one just happens to be very uh, media-sized, if that's the word. Um, COVID um, is still there. Um, We can think of, you know, that's just a uh, a figure, if you like, of all of the kind of health problems in the world. COVID, um, I- if you can say that, maybe wasn't half as bad um, as some of the experts thought that it could have been. Of course, we, we, when we say that, we, uh, we know that it was awful, it was terribly tragic. Uh, but when you think about it in respect to something like the Spanish flu, uh, you think how awful, how much more awful it could have been. Um, So we know that we are very, very fragile beings. Um, Just to give us an idea there, sorry, it's hidden behind that that picture, Uh, but of the kind of the forest fires, the the climate changes, um, the the famines that we see uh, in and around uh, the globe. A lot of these problems, a lot of these problems are caused by um, greenhouse gases, we are led to believe, um, which is, you know, to do with pollution. uh, And that's saying... Um, I believe yesterday that uh, in America, who is, of course, um, a very big uh, polluter uh, of the world, um, that they're just um, relaxing again um, some of their rulings on um, essentially uh, pollution and and greenhouse gases and so on, cutting emissions. So things aren't looking good. But who has the solutions? So the world will look to places like the UN um, and they will say, Um, They will get together, they will send representatives and they will all try and work out how to make the world a better place and to to, to make things right. But they can't really do it. And what I've done here is I've just taken um, a snapshot um, of some of the largest aid organizations in the world that are looking to uh, combat some of these things like, uh, you know, hunger, poverty, um, you know, the, the fact that a lot of people in the world don't have water, don't have food. Have, uh, don't have access to healthcare and things like that. Uh, and you can see um, just on a very brief glance, you know, the, the kind of yearly uh, expenditure that the world puts into these aid organizations is in the region of, you know, 50 to 60 billion uh, US dollars. But has it, you know, is, is it making an impact? Of course, it is making somewhat of an impact. It's, it's helping people uh, in their lives. Uh, some people, of course, and it's not getting to, to, to that many people, um, but it, you know, it, it, it's good in that sense. But is it the solution? Well, it, it's not the solution, is it? Because it's 
it, it's not able to to solve the problem at its root cause. So we think about um, some of the sustainable development goals that the UN has uh, and some of the things that it, it, it is aiming to achieve um, through the powers of men. Um, things like poverty, hunger, health and peace and justice. These are all things it says, you know, we want to put right amongst, you know, a whole host of other things. But despite their efforts, despite their best efforts, mankind doesn't have the answer. They've been trying to solve this problem uh, for years and years and years, ever since uh, time began, if you like. Um, but they haven't ever come up with a lasting solution. Things have always just, uh, you know, we, we only ever put, like people talk about putting a Band-Aid on something, don't they? Um, so there, there are things you can do to maybe give somebody a meal. Um, but are you really solving that person's problem? Uh, and we know that the world uh, problems are not being solved by man. Uh, this is a, a slide I put up a little while ago, a little bit outdated. Um, but you can see up until uh, relatively recently, um, people are quite sceptical, really, of of whether the United Nations are doing a particularly good job in solving the problems of the world. Most people think it's doing a poor job. Um, again, uh, this is just showing um, a satirical uh, sketch of uh, somebody who's saying, well, isn't it, uh, uh, isn't it awful uh, that we've been through so many uh, wars and conflicts and each time the world has said, we're never going to do this again, but yet it keeps on happening. This is just showing you some of the, uh, some of the global uh, conflicts um, since uh, 1400. Uh, and you can see how, how the size of those circles, um, how each, you know, over time, uh, the conflicts of, of men are just getting worse and worse, uh, not better. Um, and the number of deaths then as a result of that um, is just constantly rising. So it's, a, it's a fairly bleak outlook, but if man doesn't have the solutions, then is there anyone that does? Well, yes, there is. The Lord God has provided a solution uh, that he has told us about through his word, the Bible. And it's a solution that he is uh, going to bring about through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ um, prophesied about the inner thoughts of mankind in what is described as the latter days in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21. Uh, and it says there, and they asked him, saying, Master, when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? Uh, and then later on, it says, well, there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity and the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And what I wanted to do there was to add on uh, that, that word perplexity uh, in the Strongs is um, aporeo or aporia. Uh, essentially, it means to be at a loss hopeless uh, and hopefully uh, the uh, the farsi there uh, reflects that um, it, and essentially what it's saying is the the people are going to be looking around uh, in the uh, and they're going to be saying well what do we do things are so bad and we don't have a solution uh, and i suggest that's the way things are 
right now? If you talk to your, you know, friends and colleagues, uh, perhaps uh, who, who, who don't know uh, the truth um, of the Bible uh, and of God's word, uh, and, and you ask them what they think about things which are happening in the news, uh, they don't really want to talk about it because uh, it's too frightening for them, really, uh, to be completely honest. They'd rather just stay in their own little bubble uh, where um, they can just get on with their daily lives because actually things are very worrying. They're, uh, they're hopeless. But despite the best efforts of some, it's clear that mankind then doesn't have the solution to world problems. So we're saying then that the Lord Jesus Christ does. Uh, and I've wanted to put up a few slides because it teaches us in the word of God that we should have hope and trust in God and in his plan through the Lord Jesus Christ. We read here in Jeremiah 17, uh, cursed be the man that trusteth in man and maketh flesh his arm or his strength. If you're going to rely on mankind, if you're going to rely on people uh, like the nations that gather together in the United Nations, however noble their intentions, however hard they try, you're going to be disappointed. What you need to do is you need to trust in the Lord because blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and in whose hope the Lord is. That's where your hope's got to be. And no matter how hopeful you are in the solutions of man, unfortunately, they're not going to provide the answers because man is weak, man is greedy, uh, man is sinful. And uh, everybody always has conflicting uh, desires and they're not going to reach a solution. Put not your trust in princes, we're told, uh, nor the son of man in whom there is no help. But happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. So we see again in Lamentations, it is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. The Bible's telling us time and time again where we should get our hope and our encouragement from. And it's from the Lord God and his purpose through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's hope through Christ. And that's the hope of the faithful uh, ever since time began. And it's the hope of resurrection and life in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men with this world's problems. Now, some people will say, well, I quite like the earth. Thank you very much. I just want it to be a, a, a slightly better earth uh, mm. with less pollution, less problems, maybe a few less people. <laughs> um, but, you know, they'll be like, well, I, I quite like my life, really, as long as everything goes you know, along OK. But that's not the hope of the faithful. The hope of the faithful is to have a, a new heavens and a new earth. Now, I don't mean by that that this earth will be passed away. It will be this earth, but it will be this earth regenerated, renewed, restored like Eden. And it will be that earth that will be the, the inheritance of the faithful. Those from since time began who have. Uh, who have died in faith, will be able to be resurrected to life in this kingdom. And it's not going to be a kingdom of men with world's problems. It's going to be a kingdom of God, um, run with godly principles and ruled over by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It tells us there, um, therefore, uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22 to 39, 
uh, when I ought to give you some context here. So this is uh, this is Acts two. Um, this is uh, I believe Peter speaking to the to the Jews and saying, "You men of Israel, hear these words." Uh, for David, uh, he speaks concerning uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, "David speaks concerning him." I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. So here we've got a man in New Testament times talking about David, the king, about a thousand years before, and saying, well, David said, my flesh shall rest in hope. Well, how is that? Because that was about a thousand years before he'd, he'd been long since dead. And the answer, of course, is that the hope through Jesus Christ is one of resurrection to life. Because it says here, therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. But moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell. Thou wilt not leave my soul in the grave, that means. Neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. So God offers a fantastic hope through resurrection uh, to those of faith. And, and as such, it then describes those who are dead as those that sleep, those who rest in hope. Isn't that lovely? It's not somebody who uh, is hopeless, who has died and is going to return to the dust of the earth, never, never to be uh, seen again or, or, or thought of again. These people are people whose flesh rests in hope, whose soul, if you like, whose uh, being uh, will be regenerated um, in resurrection. It will be, they will not be left there uh, in the grave. Now, when they heard this, those men at that time, they were pricked in their heart because of what they had done to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and being encouraged to do by the Jews and, the, and the, the rulers of that time. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, because the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So even though he's speaking uh, to, to Jews, mostly, when they realize what's happened, they say, what should we do? Well, Peter's answer is, what you have to do is to firstly repent and then to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and of course, following that, you have to live a life where you try and uh, walk in a faithful uh, life, an obedient life to, to God and his ways. But the point is, is that, you have to repent and be baptized. Then you can have that hope. Uh, and the promise is not only uh, to you, to the Jews, uh, but to all who are afar off. Anybody can take part of this hope. And I want us to consider for a moment how the Apostle Paul describes this hope. He calls it the hope of the promise of God made unto our fathers. What promises were those? We're not going to look into them in any detail today, but we can think of passages such as Genesis chapter three concerning Adam and Eve, the seed of the woman uh, and the seed of the serpent and how 
there was a promise made at that time that the seed of the woman was to be the Lord Jesus Christ would essentially deal a death blow to the seed of the serpent, which is sin. We can think of Genesis chapter 12 and 13, which talks of Abraham. The promises made to uh, Abraham are incredibly important, aren't they? And there are promises um, concerning the land of Israel, which was to be inhabited by the faithful uh, and the Jews, um, and the seed, that Abraham was to have a seed, uh, a specific seed and a multitudinous seed. And, and what it means by that is Abraham was to be the forefather of the Lord Jesus Christ, but also through him, he all nations of the earth would be blessed. Uh, 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 and Abraham, if you like, would be the father of many. And we'll see that in a moment. But also a, a literal father of many, because we know even of Abraham and Sarah, uh, uh, Sarah, who was barren, and they had no children. But yet God was even of them able to uh, create a great physical nation. Uh, we think of uh, promises made to David in 2 Samuel 7, uh, concerning the seed and the throne, the kingship uh, and resurrection. All of these things are, are what the Apostle Paul is alluding to when he says the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. So this is a promise of resurrection and life in, in the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men with this world's problems. Uh, and this is a kingdom where Jesus will be the king. And he will reign in righteousness. This is incredible. It's something the world has never experienced. There will be education for all uh, in righteousness. It will be a kingdom of peace. Of course, one of the one of the buzzwords for the UN is, it, 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 along with all those other things which it aims to solve, is access to education for everybody in the world. But the Bible tells us there's going to be education in righteousness in this kingdom. Uh, and we read it, didn't we, in Isaiah. Uh, and we'll just read from it again here now. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. It's going to be a place for all nations to come. Many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And what will he do? He will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. The law and the rulership, the kingship, will be from Jerusalem by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he shall judge among the nations, and shall rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. So we see this king is going to be righteous. There's going to be an incredible time, a flourishing time, a time with peace and equity, a time when people will want to learn about God and his ways. Uh, there will come forth a rod out of Jesse and a branch will grow out of his roots. What did we see? We saw that the Lord, the spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That's the kind of character of the king that is going to be set up over the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to be righteous and he's going to reign with this, uh, with spirit of counsel and might mm -hmm. and the spirit of the Lord God shall rest upon him. So it's going to be righteous and equal judgment. There's going to be 
true justice. We see this in verse three, don't we? It says, and shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. There's going to be justice, my friends. It's not going to be a time when uh, you have to kind of go through one court to the other to, uh, to see if you can get something overturned or appeal this or that decision. There will be true and righteous judgment given and it will become, it will emanate from Jerusalem. It's not going to be influenced by greed and the selfish ambitions of mankind. It's going to be true and just. There's going to be a change in our mortality and our suffering. We read in Isaiah 65, there shall be no more than an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die an hundred years old, but the sinner being an hundred years old shall be accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. It's going to be a time of rest, a time of fruitfulness, a time when there's going to be no more hunger and starvation uh, for, uh, for the righteous um, or for anybody uh, in, that, uh, in that period. Um, things are going to be fruitful, uh, but that period will teach the people of, of how, uh, how things can be in this, in this marvellous kingdom of God. It's going to be a time of salvation. Isaiah 35, verse 3. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, he will come and save you. The eyes, then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. The ailments we suffer today will not be the same. They will be removed or be able to be removed. The land will be fruitful. It tells us this, doesn't it? That the, well, firstly, just again, that the lame man shall leap his heart and the tongue of the dumb, dumb shall sing. I, incredible things. We think about all the problems that people in the world face today uh, with their health. Uh, but th those will be no more through the grace of God. Uh, and the fruitfulness of the land in the wilderness waters will break out you can think of the deserts we see in the world around us today well imagine rivers flowing through there and flowers breaking forth isn't that incredible and the ears of the sorry uh, uh, and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes and it's a picture of regeneration and regrowth so how can we be a part of it then well, we are taught in the Bible that we can be a part of this if we have the faith of Abraham, because we are told that Abraham was very special. He was a man who, the scripture says, believed God. And his belief was counted to him for righteousness. And it says in Galatians, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Well, isn't that interesting? It's telling us that Abraham believed God and he received those promises. But if we then have faith in God's promises, well, we can be the children of Abraham and be part of those promises. 
which are made possible through Christ. Isn't that an incredible hope? Galatians 3 again, verse 8 and 9, and the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. It's not just one people, it's anybody who wants to be a partaker of that hope. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Isn't that incredible? We can have this hope too. God has a special relationship with his people, but we are able to be a part of it. Because it tells us there, doesn't it? You are all the children of God by faith. And that's the key word, isn't it? In, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. It's neither bond nor free. It's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, there are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you've got that faith, you're Abraham's seed. We have to have that faith of Abraham, don't we? We have to be baptized and repent. And carry on in that way which God tells us to go. So understanding that we have the faith of Abraham concerning the hope of the gospel, the hope of Israel, based on the promises to the fathers. Ephesians 2 tells us how we can partake of the same hope. It tells us, wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Our title was Hope for a Troubled World. There's no hope in this world unless you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Having no hope, we're told there in Ephesians, and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. There is hope in this world, this hopeless world. It's the hope of eternal life through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope of life in God's kingdom. This kingdom will have a righteous king and the problems we see in the world today won't be the same. We just have to decide whether we want to be a part of it or not. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found the episode helpful. Don't forget, most of these episodes are also available as videos on our video channel, cdvideo.org. So head over and take a look. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, please get in touch or leave us a voice message. We love to hear your feedback. You can email us at bt f at cdvideo.org. If you enjoyed the episode, then please share it with others. Until next time, may God bless you in your studies and your walk towards God's kingdom. Amen.